0: okay happy friday listeners and welcome back to into the night minute Yes, minute 55 to be exact. Now, of course you know this. Each week, the Movies by Minute hosts will examine the 1985 John Lannis directed comedy Into the Night, one minute at a time. My favourite film. I can't tell you why. I don't know. We're we're on the fifth episode now. I still don't know why. So, uh, you of course know me. And returning from yesterday, my darling boy, film expert extraordinaire, and the co-president and presenter of possibly my favourite YouTube channel, Valverde Broadcasting. If you don't know what that is, stop this show immediately! How dare you? Go to YouTube and type in Valverde Broadcasting, and you'll be assaulted visually. Your 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 senses will be on fire with uh, every film, be it classic, contemporary, modern, old, and with some amazing insights, some amazing commentaries, and mini documentaries uh, created uh, by Richard Jackson and his wonderful co-host Duncan Casey. And that is Richard's cue to jump in and just wave his big movie dick around.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, hello. You're a wonderful hype man. I sort of want you just to follow me around. You gave me a good intro yesterday. You, so years of, kind of
0: pumping myself in London, and that's not a euphemism. i uh, trying to get my name out there.
1: You can walk the streets of London and see many, many an actor pumping. Looking it's, for uh, rough trade just... <laughs> on the old Kendra Road. There we go. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. It's like a really filthy Monopoly board down there. God. well I, ju- I, I just thought you know what the, all these
0: American movies and I was of course the presenter of the two minute Terminator that, that's where I've been asked to do this listeners but I thought we could uh, take those lovely American franchises all these like weird films that no one's heard of, like Into the Night and smear our weird Englishness all over it so that's why
1: I thought Richard Jackson <laughs> is the man like congealed jam wiped off a scone all over <laughs> your nice American film look what we've done Ethan look what, what, we've what done. have we
0: created <laughs>
1: something's for sure we're going to endlessly apologize for it because that's who we are so just double checking my records yes it is uh,
0: friday and we are doing minute 55 so that means folks uh it starts with the minute starts with jeff goldblum looking at michelle pfeiffer uh, over a lovely piece of ira newborn score maybe we can discuss him i don't know and it ends with michelle pfeiffer saying i can't even give a number i can't even rem- rem- uh, remember where i'll be Mm. so this uh folks is i guess in the world of the film is the end of their kind of adventure really before jeff gets dragged back into it but we're not allowed to talk about that well maybe we are because that's uh you know to be covered by someone else so there we go anyway richard is here uh and uh he's gonna discuss the works of john landis again maybe uh this scene and who knows movies and life in general how are you richard Mm i'm
1: very well ethan i'm good I'm, i've enjoyed the uh the landis deep dive um we've done so far and i'm just kind of we tried to place this in the in the landis pantheon last time and it figures in the, <laughs> let, let's say the bottom third we're gonna say the bottom third i think it's the cusp of the bottom third actually uh i think it's the very bottom of the middle section <laughs> At uh, the top I, of the bottom. They're very even... nebulous. Yes. <laughs> do I dare to <laughs> even
0: say we're in the uh, Goldblum Pantheon or even the Pfeiffer Pantheon? This uh, appears.
1: Well, but it's no way. What, what's is the it? Michelle it's...
0: Pfeiffer canon? Top three. What are the bullets in your Michelle Pfeiffer canon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm,
1: I, I, I don't have a particular enthusiasm for the works of Michelle Pfeiffer. Because I mean, she, she seemed to disappear for
0: then. many years, then return in Stardust. Yeah. Well, you know what? What lies beneath? That was kind of a comeback and then she went away again. Then she
1: came back again with, like I said, Stardust. And then she seems to have gone away again. Oh, she's been... I, I'm not, it's kind of a spoiler, so I won't say where, but she's in the Marvel movies now. She's yes, not she in a particularly is. huge role, in kind of a senior role, but she's, she's there. Uh, what would you... Where would, what are your five... For, uh, well, Grease 2, Married to the Mob. Oh, and, yes, um, Jonathan Demme. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah, with Dean Stockwell. Yes. For some reason, I've got a real vivid memory of Married with the Mob. Married to the Mob. Um, it's co- I think it's because she I had don't...
0: like that reddish brown hair, didn't she? And it was curly like, wow, Michelle Pfeiffer's yes. branching out. Forget Nicole yes. Kim and winning an Oscar for the hours
1: by having a rubber nose. <laughs> this, is, this is breaking new ground. Look at this abstract off brand Pfeiffer. What am I even supposed to do with that? I don't... man, seriously though, what is this is in yeah, New York movies. for Pfeiffer. Ooh. Oh, I want to a... that I'd do the minute uh, the Hercules New York minute from... <laughs> uh podcast that would be great don't give Um, any
0: ideas Richard
1: (laughs) I well mate I I already did a whole episode that was probably my favorite episode of anything we did on Valverde so far it was the most fun to do I think it's the best most entertaining episode but because it's Hercules in New York no bugger watched it so it's kind of like you know my passion project that no one's interested in well do you know what, what
0: I'll say and how I discovered you is through the commentaries on the other channel before you started this brand new one uh maybe it will pick up as things go on cuz i think as people get to know you on the channel and if they like one maybe your thing uh you know talk maybe they'll go back and look at that but i think i mean i've i've said this a million times you can go out and see a great movie let's go and see a, adventures a, avengers infinity war let's go and see you know they've they've the you know the local cinemas putting like james cameron's aliens on for just one night i have far more fun watching terrible movies good ones i'm not sure if it's a consequence of my age or i don't know but i think maybe Mm. that's why you enjoyed the hercules Mm. in new york thing perhaps more
1: uh no i'm i'm a big advocate of that and general kind of really low-end b movies i just think are an absolute mine and i think i don't want to go too off piece here but i do think the most interesting stories and there's a lot of connective tissue between the stories about really 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 bad films there's no, there's a lot of commonality in how those films were made, I find, and I think it's a completely legit area of study, and it's been pushed to the popular culture kind of forefront by the disaster artists recently, and lots of people have then gotten to the room, but then you've got all your Miami connections, and Samurai Cops, and Troll 2s and <laughs> Cyborg Cop 2s, Cyborg Cop Three, the Recycler, uh, Project Shadow, Ch- Chase of the Gates of Time, uh, Plughead Two, Secretary Man Rewired that's that's where it's at in my view but that's a big challenge do you think *Trauma*
0: is a kind of step above those are they just all in the same melting pot
1: troma's interesting man because *Trauma*. you have to be really careful because i think when you start making deliberately bad films there's no point so like uh the whole sharknado sort of thing that asylum do it's it's purposely made bad films it's kind of ha ha look who we cast in this whereas troma tries its they've best. been deliberately making well the the because there are the mainline trauma films which was directed by lloyd kaufman and then they're kind of the pickups that are around that and lloyd kaufman knows very well what he's doing and if you read his autobiography he is very he comes from the world of new york cinema he's married to someone in that world and he is from that world and you know he's connected to it and he knows fucking well what makes a good film and he sort of deliberately does the opposite he's just got this i don't know it's hard to explain because he's always sort of deliberately made bad films but he kind of did it before there was this arch ironic thing about it it 's hard to explain a lot of the things that trauma has no, I know what you mean yeah because I mean one of the, but...
0: like you said, the room is successful in troll 2 well in, mm. that's, well that 's probably the wrong way of saying it, but like that that doesn 't know or it 's not trying to be a bad film. it just kind of isn and it has a kind of charm because of that precisely
1: there's there's and often because that's that 's made by Claudio Fragrasso, who did loads of stuff in Italy, and he was a kind of contemporary of Lucio Felci and stuff like that but you know, that's because he's doing it in the English language and it doesn't quite add up. And that's a big commonality because Birdemic is made by a Vietnamese guy who's directing actors in a language that isn't his own. Mm. It's the same thing with Samurai Cop. It's the same thing with Miami Connection. And unfortunately, that leads to these sort of slightly tone-deaf things where, you know, maybe lack of translation. Quite a lot of the time I've noticed in these things. And and part of it is, I honestly think they... they Well, James the, Gunn's German as
0: well, isn't it? And Kevin Costner from... Uh-
1: Kevin like well a man Surf so uh, USA Niro, I think or something and uh, Billy Bob Thornton yes Billy Bob Thornton um De Niro I think did a film that was technically issued you know these are film. all these ones we're talking about they were issued by Troma they weren't the kind of main like because Troma pick acquired things and funded things yeah whereas like the Troma films are you know Toxic Avenger Sergeant Kabuki Man those are the, the ones directed by Lloyd Kaufman are the kind of the in-house and you know, Michael Hertz. Those are the kind of mainline trauma films. Mate, I'm sorry, this is way off topic. This is it's super fine. off topic. No, it's fine. Um, people have tuned in for their Into the Night, but they're getting all this. people well,
0: but but have they? Because like we said, very few people have seen this. Very, I think even less people care. That's why I thought it was such a strange uh, film subject for the minute kind of people to kind of cover. And maybe that's why they've mm. asked all the other minute shows to do. Oh, like a week each essentially i don't know i mean one thing i will mm. say about this clip and i've lost his imdb now i'm so sorry uh, is the uh the doorman in this mm. of the hotel mm-hmm. now i know mm-hmm. him from die hard 2 and fright night
1: mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. i, oh, I can't missed that bloody i find his
0: name now art evans i
1: think is that his name
0: bear with me listeners
1: but, well, as we discussed, uh, whilst Ethan's kind of having a, a quick, quick shift on <laughs> the MDB there. Um, yeah. Got him! Okay. But Sorry, what were you going to say? It's a, it's a ca- well, it's a cameo packed movie, and it, uh, it's one of these things where there are so many cameos, you can't tell if someone is just a jobbing actor at actor that point and in who's their actually life, a cameo. Or, someone's a cameo because most of the cameos are from industry kind of essentially non-actors like writers and directors and special effects people and composers and puppeteers in one notable uh, example um well but the, so the so guy you know. that i
0: think jim henson's speaking to in that scene is uh his original one of his original puppet cohorts that started off sesame street the, the name he says into the phone whose name escapes now we covered it on the monday show basically but uh that's a little sidebar. oh
1: man there you go
0: I think Art Evans was casting this as an actor and I think 1985 was his year because obviously he got Fright Night the same year as this and uh, that's one of my favourite films. In fact I'd probably put that slightly above Lost Boys from that kind of do you like Fright Night or Lost Boys kind of thing that you hear sometimes with people I,
1: mm. think,
0: I think girls tend to like uh, Lost Boys, it's all leather and rock and roll and sexy <laughs> and-
1: Sexy Kiefer Sutherland's vampires or whatever <laughs> Well Lost Boys had that string of sequels didn't it with oh yeah. original yes. cast members coming back, I've not seen any of those. Not uh, Fright Night had a remake with like what David Tennant and fucking Colin yeah. Firth
0: Colin Farrell, but
1: yeah, that wasn't really. Colin, Colin sort of Farrell, crazy. not Colin Ferd, it could, Mr. <laughs> Wrong Dots Colin. The vampire, I don't know. Wrong Colin. It might still happen. <laughs> yeah, we've we've kind of scored kind of my fault because I I eschewed the Bowie minute for reasons which I laid out yesterday, but um, this one is a kind of weirdly dull minute it does feature the first kind of the properly romantic moment but... yeah no that's I true say that somebody loves this film somebody loves it it's a number of dull minutes strung together <laughs> <laughs> this is the 55th dull minute she just called it jeff goblin walks around los angeles <laughs> lost depressed jeff insomniac jeff because it, it's like, it's totally obvious that the denouement is him going to be getting a night's kip in it. Cause it's like, you know, marathon man where Dustin Hoffman's been out all night and stuff. And the point is Jeff cobb has been out all night, but he's kind of tied a bunch of, he's untied a bunch of psychological knots. Therefore he can sleep, you know, and that's totally going to be, you see it coming a mile off. Um, as a thing but this the scene we got firstly i like uh, bruce mcgill's uh elvis car is brilliant <laughs> i love I love the elvis car so they're in the elvis car and they have their first kind of little kiss where there's this kind of like weird sexual tension in it she, you know she gives a little touch to his face and stuff and there's clearly some something there that they don't quite want to admit because it's all weird and they have a little kiss and then there and then she fucks up upstairs and they also as well because like you say that the bit where um and jeff
0: is justified by the way because his wife's cheating on him the same way Mel Gibson yes. doesn't kill Gary Busey in Cold Blood because he beats him in a fight and then Gary Busey goes for a gun. Then Mel
1: can shoot him. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, there what you go. say? There you go. It's a ho- Hollywood morality right there. Exactly. That's a, yeah, that's it. He chooses not to speak to his wife when he knows she's been shagging another guy all day. But She does give him strawberry ice cream, but he decides to go and have... I like that about him. He just sort of goes like, F- it. I, I assume he's off to the airport to go visit the prostitute that Ackroyd told him about. I think that's his plan when he gets interrupted by You know the what? Doings. The doings.
0: I never thought of that. You're absolutely right. That's why he would be going to the airport. There's 2-hour mm. flight to Vegas.
1: Of course. Yeah, that's it. Oh Off my god. Vegas. You just yeah. blew my mind. He's a- He's off to go see the prostitute. Oh, like Sally or whatever. Is it, what is it? He goes, like, she'll, she'll dress up as. So, like, what's anything mean? He's like, she'll dress up as Santa Claus if you ask her. So, like, how long since you fucked your wife? He's like, you're a classy guy. <laughs> it's a nice bit of dialogue. That's nice. Because Landis stuff is caught sort of. Um, I'm all over the place at the moment, sorry. Landis stuff is always kind of like a little bit dirty, isn't it? A little bit filthy. Dirty in the kind of, I don't know if Americans would use that term, but like, smutty. Just this, smutty, smutty, thank you. It's yeah, it's, always bo- it's usually boobs. Postcards. they'd say in England, kind of, wouldn't they? Yeah, seaside so postcards. Yeah, right, seaside so postcards. So there's always going to be boobs and there's always going to be sex and might be a few F bombs here and there in the right certificate movie and whatever. And that well, happens here, you know. I wonder get where he got get that. Some titties. From?
0: Because he does yeah, capture yeah. kind of like you said, like that postcardy smut, perhaps better than m- many English directors I would have thought. Especially *American Wild* mm. Wolf in London, where it's very British, but not in a kind of I don't think cartoony British way. It's a, very much of the time, and that's what things were like. Mm. The way he represents yeah. kind of the underclass at the pub, and then you've got uh, John Woodvine as the kind of uh, you know the educated doctor. He kind of did cover many. And the middle, I guess, the policeman and stuff, you kind of uh, seem to touch very, I think, succinctly on uh, the, the the classes represented very well in that film as well.
1: Well, it's a similar... Yeah, I'm not going to say it's as well represented, but the, it's the same thing in Birkenhead. You know, it's an immigrant, it's an immigrant story because they're Irish and stuff, and it's the Irish in Edinburgh... And they're kind of lower class and they're considered scum and they go into this shit line of work, i.e. body snatching and stuff. So it's a kind of similar thing. I don't know if it's a theme, but then again, maybe it's just the American concept of America. Because there, I guess there's a bit of kind of anglophile in him, you know, if he, considering the things he's done, i.e. werewolf and and, and Um, But it's definitely there. And like I said in the last episode, you know, there is in the, in the Landis canon... There is Ronnie Corbett, which is something <laughs> I never thought I'd say. <laughs> For those that are but listening, I
0: guess, around the world, Ronnie Corbett was one half of the two Ronnie's, which was, I guess, a British comedy duo that was on BBC much. Which, weirdly, I think they always put Morecambe and Wise on at Christmas, and they never kind of really, or didn't use so, I, not that I remember. They always seem to, like, put the two Ronnie's on, never put the two Ronnie's on as much, and I would have thought I preferred the two Ronnie's to. I guess Morecambe and Wise the same way Little Britain used to be on all the time and never the fast show, which I thought was yeah
1: odd. yeah I'm I'm full agreement on both counts there uh, absolutely and you know what man I, I really love the two Runnies I really uh, I really love uh, Porridge yes. Porridge is one of my favourite things I, I rewatched it all recently it, it's a a 70s British sitcom about a man who gets sent to jail it's kind of like a wily cheeky character that goes to jail and uh, it's all about his schemes in jail. And and it's just this wonderfully dry. It's written by uh, Dick Clement and Ian LaFrancis that um, did uh, Ian Lafrené, Uh Didn't I, they do and, the and, Rock and, as well? Uh, well, yeah, that they, I was going to say because they wrote. I'm not really a big Bond guy, but they wrote one of the Connery Bond films. Yeah, and, I, and I, they I'm reused sure they one, one the of the Rock jokes as
0: well. Spec- Ian
1: LeFrenay I think. Ian LeFrenay yeah, they, they are. Um, <laughs> they reused I, 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 I just remember that name it.
0: coming up in the middle of that kind of raid on the uh, chemical factory at the start of this navy seals very michael bay and like green laser beams you're like what is that ian Lefronay. I name i know that name long. Like,
1: <laughs> so yeah. like, what's he doing doing this <laughs> yeah because i did the bank job as well with jason statham that's it yeah um yeah and and you know it was like the likely lads and porridge and going straight and love joy and our feed his own pet and stuff like that um which i'm a big fan there's a joke in and i can't remember which bond film it is because i'm not a bond fan if duncan is here no but in the first episode (laughs) of porridge they strip fletcher down right when he's going to jail when he's been you know admitted to jail and the guy pulls out a pot and puts it down on the table and fletcher's on the other side of the room and he goes can you fill that up and fletcher says what from over here (laughs) and um they james bond says that in whichever bond film they wrote okay we use a porridge a porridge (laughs) gag so there you go any excuse to reference porridge i do love norman's i would do a porridge podcast <laughs> love norman stanley fletcher he's a, he's a, i would say he's a modern day hero but the actor that played him has been dead for 10 years and the show was on 40 years ago so there's that as well porridge minute coming away my... from richard and Duncan. <laughs> porridge. <laughs> ah, the porridge minute uh, anyway into the night <laughs> i love the way you're bringing it back i mean also i mean
0: i will say this a lot of people do especially during a, a minute of little happening uh, people have been known to go off the range and it's been fine so you know.
1: okay well I tell you what I will rely on you to, to pull me back should that be necessary because I just felt I should be talking about the thing at the, the topic at hand and I'm just sort of not uh... it, it looks
0: quite windy and a chilly night I mean I know that the, the plant is blowing outside the hotel Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of uh, weather, Richard, and the wind? Yeah, I
1: do. Like, I really oh, like uh, changes in atmospheric pressure. And That's one of my favourite cool. things. Like plants. Do, you know <laughs> do you like about plants better when they? <laughs> yeah. you like them better when they're moving because of changes in atmospheric pressure? Because I feel that might be where our interests intersect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell you what. I tell you what. I said something last episode, and it's something I would like to talk about. So I will bring it to a thing. The um, I, I really love uh, the Three Amigos. You do, yeah. It's one of my favourite Hollywood comedies because I, I think it's it's got that singing in the rain thing. Or like because singing in the rain fundamentally is a film about films, and it's a film about it's about the change from the silent era to the sound era, right? And um, the Three Amigos. The context of the Three Amigos is the silent era of cinema. So it's set. They, you know, they start out in a phony movie studio, and and it's all about artifice, and it's about the, you know, these people changing from actors to they're mistaken for real people by these villagers and stuff, and it does loads of, because uh, I think it's in, is it coming? I think it's trading places where Eddie Murphy does like a look at the camera, does like a proper fourth wall break, and in this, do you remember the bit? Well, he in, does in, that in. Uh, he it does com- it in uh, Coming to America as well when it, I, the girls going woof
0: woof and she's pretending to be the dog and he kind of does that right little okay tiny, tiny might, little
1: eye movements of the camera i might be thinking of that yeah and she does the whiff, whiff there's the do you remember the scene where they're singing ned to sleep in the three amigos and all the animals join in <laughs> yeah. do, do you remember like and the, all these creatures appear and start singing it's got this really 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 phony painted background for that scene the whole scene is like this it's this deliberate artifice and it's got little puppets in the so you know it's a little kind of mini movie in a movie because most of the other stuff is set on location in the desert but when they go to sleep they do this little kind of classical hollywood sort of stage bound musical number and it only exists for that portion of the film then it goes back to location stuff it's a really odd little moment and i love it because it's Great chemistry from the cast. That song was written by Randy Newman, by the way, who you know did like the Toy Story, toy story and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote the um, the little song they do to send Ned off to sleep. Um, well, just it's, a it's set shit, in... But it, I think because that scene's in it because it's set
0: kind of in that era, isn't it? Kind of Artifice, Buster Keaton. It's set around that time, isn't it? Like oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But But when they've gone off into the real world, it's all shot on location, and then it drops into the crazy film world for that song and then they just carry back on into the real world again and it, they're not meant to be shooting a film, it's not in the story, it just happens and there's that guy it's from great. Uh, what's he from? Romance of the Stone John Weller? Him. <laughs> yeah yeah, right, right. The bit with the um, what is it, is it the the invisible swordsman or whatever where they have to summon <laughs> the, the invisible the swordsman <laughs> he points the gun away and just shoots him. It's fucking amazing, and look, he just hits the dirt, and there's a, but and that's a, again, that's another thing. Like, for the most part, it's kind of goofy yet realistic to some kind of degree, but then a character that ter- turns up that's invisible, like an actual bit of magic happens just for the sake of one joke, and they and then it's forgotten it. again because there's a singing. Isn't there a singing bush as well? There isn't is a singing bush. What was it? <laughs> you know what? Because is that nineteen eighty six? Three uh, oh, what Are we saying it's the one right after this? I think so, yeah, because maybe this uh... this
0: inspires like us, these kind of little weird off-brand landers. He's just trying to find his feet again back in the industry, and then he comes back with a bang with Three Amigos. The following year, 87, it's uh, coming to America, and then he's, like, going great guns. But then I think he did Innocent Blood after that, and then that was the that was his eraser like the beginning of the end it's like it's
1: okay. <laughs> I, I love that we're still on the schwarzenegger scale. And i, I always yeah
0: the, the, the schwarzenegger venn diagram like end of days it's got some <laughs> great bits but you know it's kind of the beginning of the end i like,
1: think yeah and the sixth day is like man if paul verhoeven directed this oh my in my 87 yes. it would have been amazing what is it, it the sixth day? Absolutely... looks like some weird canadian tv movie do you not think yeah I know yeah yeah no absolutely it does and it's directed by Roger Spotswood who did Stop on My Mum Will Shoot and I think he did um, did he do The World Is Not Enough He's One of the bosses <laughs> who is very much a hired gun in my view um, Michael Rapoport in that as well it, that, yeah do you know if you took that script it has I'm a, Adam a bit Gibson a swearing I, I'm a clone I'm not you're a clone you're a clone <laughs> That was awful. My co host on our show is like a really gifted impressionist, so I've sort of given up doing voices. Like, it's, it's just not worth it. Um, if, if that was made in 1987 or 1988 by Paul Verhoeven and had more uses of the word and was a bit more liberal with its gore and bloody guts, it would be a great. He could have taken that script and made a, a, yet another great kind of identity sci fi action film. Yeah. Uh, but by 1999 or whatever, that was well-worn. You know, that was a well-worn thing. And it was just directed in this kind of pedestrian way. And it kind of made a bit well, the, the reason family-orientated. Yeah,
0: the reason I bring it up, this kind of, like, downward spiral, that's why I bring up Schwarzenegger. But I think... I wanted to mention this at the end of the last show, but I forgot. But, I mean... And let's use spielberg as well as an example after i guess trading places maybe innocent blood that was kind of the end for landis now before i think it was a long stretch that it was burke and hair do you think as a filmmaker gets older they're kind of their their juice their you know their chi their you know whatever it yeah. is kind of goes whatever away. made people what argue you are. know that spielberg i don't think i've really enjoyed a spielberg film It's not that they're not well made and they're not brilliant films I'm not as gaga
1: for them as certain people are. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think I'm, the last good Spielberg
0: for me was when he kind of does Wonder and stuff. The Jurassic Park maybe was the last thing and then he kind of became a serious <laughs> film after that with Chiller's <laughs> List and stuff. Well,
1: but and he, he kind of comes back, he tries to go back to this sort of Wonder. The BFG like, was God, a
0: miss, I think. And mate, really I, I watched
1: one. a, I watched a bit of Tintin the other day and I was just like, what the f-? Because it just didn't... I used to read the Tintin books when I was a kid, and I used to watch cartoon, it's like, this isn't Tintin, this is some kind of... Which I think was written by Joe Cornish and Stephen Moffat, actually, which is mm. kind of a strange conflation of people. But it was just like, this doesn't feel like Tintin, but it doesn't feel like enough like his It was own Indiana Jonesy,
0: wasn't it? In fact, it was closer to Indiana Jones than the Crystal Skull. Was, Fucking
1: Crystal Skull. skull that's what was, I mean. Yeah.
0: Do you think that's what happened to Landis? They just seemed to kind of not recover. I'm actually going to look at his IMDb Well, now, you know what, man? It's...
1: I would also say... I would also say, you know, John Carpenter, same thing. Yeah. Kind of wound down, you know, and he's had some kind of little comebacks. And now he just smokes weed, plays Call of Duty, and then goes on tour with his music for money, which I respect immensely. I, have you seen him live, um, by the way? No, I managed to miss out last October. I really need to sort that. This is going to sound awful. The only reason I, I say have-
0: it is I think his son in the band does all the work, and he just goes, he pre- he, he's got like two keys in his keyboard. He goes, da, 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 for like the song <laughs> Precinct um, 13, and not As then he, a, he as a fan of the audience
1: as a fan and uh, frequent consumer of electronic music i'm absolutely fine with that that sounds like <laughs> quite a lot more than most acts i go to see i CBS. suppose he's earned so that right because
0: he's written all that stuff but he just seemed like Come on, John, well that's use it he's both I, hands.
1: maybe <laughs> maybe he's using his feet as well you just can't <laughs> see he's keyboarding with his feet um i do, i want to look this sounds really bad but one of my things and i've had this discussion with my mates because we kept meaning to go see him it's kind of like man we we got to see him before he dies, eh? Because <laughs> like, he could, I don't mean to be bad, but he's, you know, he's in his 70s, He looks man. older like, than he
0: does. I think he's only 71, but he looks much older with, like, this, like, see-through-skin
1: Fu Manchu-looking dude. He still blazes, man. I mean, even I gave that up a few years back, you know what I mean? He's sat, he sat around, I assume, in his pants, getting blazed and playing. And he plays video games, so he probably is prematurely aged, you know what I mean? Like i wouldn't be that surprised based on that lifestyle okay why do
0: you think landis i mean not landis why do you think carbons kind of gave up because i think the ward was his last film now landis here i'm looking at spies like us into the night spies like us was 1985 then it's three amigos 86 coming to america then three i think years later in 91 it's oscar then it's innocent blood the year after that and then it's beverly Hills carp 3 and then that kind of really is it until mm. the stupid he does tv dream on and stuff with brian ben ben but that was kind of mm. it. He became and then a TV i think producer after I,
1: that I, I think the stupids is it until uh birken hair yeah you know, know he went into and television Burke after Burke and beverly was pretty. cut
0: free does that mean he just went into direct to jail maybe just take go bombs don't. In a row.
1: well i wonder like and as well I always felt, I mean, Beverly Hills Cop 3 is not a good film. But uh, you'd firstly, imagine but with
0: the Landis pedigree, he could have really made that perhaps more special than the first two, like the John Landis you, version of Beverly Hills Cop.
1: You would think. I you mean, would think. Yeah. It's just a time. Uh, but the fact as well, I mean, that is the only example, I think, of him doing someone else's sequel. Yeah. And it's probably. Oh, this is something I wanted to touch on, because one thing about Landis is, well, you know. For obvious reasons, but he is very closely associated with the classic SNL lineup. Yes. So, Aykroyd, Belushi, Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase, you know, Steve Martin, like the kind of classic SNL stock company of actors, really, or comedians. Exactly. And, you know, um, the the National Lampoon was basically Lorne Michaels nicked all those guys and took them over to SNL, right? And Lorne Michaels, like, co wrote. uh, the three amigos so it is essentially an snl thing and there's a big long pen you know it goes you know you've got undercover brother and uh because the other Palance side of it Wayne's was second
0: city was it's so that was like john candy bill murray i mean i mean i think belushi was second yeah. city i think but he was the only one him and Aykroyd was second city. they went to snl and i think they went uh, to snl but movie wise no. like you said yeah they were very much of a group and then you've got uh murray and john candy doing other stuff really because mm. in this have you seen stripes with bill murray I love stri- you know what i say. well i was gonna say i love stripes i love stripes right until it takes that right angle turn becomes this like weird serious war rescue movie
1: yeah <laughs> right right because it's about these kind of dudes yeah. like what I, i've got a real with obsession with like pre-giuliani new york it's this kind of like slacker film in slum new york and then they just sign up and stuff and then it just yeah it takes this complete turn um and that's a great that's a it's probably harold ramus's most sort of oddball performance i mean he's still being kind of ramus really but like it's a really odd thing by yeah. him the kind of strange sedated stoned ramus performance <laughs> um because you know egon's supposed to be this distant faintly kind of autistic spectrum type thing isn't it so that's a little bit different but uh yeah stripes is a strange film not in a bad way but it's a weird movie and there's that That whole thing, because all those guys as well, man. Because like, Ackroyd, Murray, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, they all became people you wouldn't touch with a fucking stick. Like by the end of the '90s, let's say, yeah, who were all kind of huge hitters. And then you know they've all had their comebacks and stuff. And Murray in particular really kind of honed that art house type of thing. And he sort of elevated him he created his own legend didn't he really i think well, I and think, all of those yeah, guys to
0: be a, an actor proper actor didn't he like broken flowers and
1: uh lost in yeah. translation in the kind of yeah. two thousand 2009s yeah and kind of working with res anderson and stuff like that but still doing kind of things that are essentially comic like tragicomic i think is his kind of thing garfield um... <laughs> garfield did you hear though apparently because that was written by Ethan cohen but he thought it was ethan cohen of the cohen oh, brothers that's where he did it because it well he I did that uh, way uh,
0: what is it charlie's angels and apparently famously him and lucy Lou came to
1: blows almost physically or if not mm. actually physically which is why he's replaced by bernie Mac in the second one, yes i think it's just <laughs> a hilarious substitution but then again it is a film directed by mcgee so i don't really you know make of that what you will i wonder if that's well
0: mcgee to speak about him I wonder if uh is it is it is mcg's fault of being mcg or is it just he's had a bad run of films or i don't know
1: i don't know he's a strange one man because he he if you hear him speak and stuff the man has got bags of passion he's got a huge passion for what he does because he's like, music video director isn't is that right yes yeah, so yeah he's yeah, like yeah. like a
0: fincher but he's kind of
1: like uh he's the, he's the raw deal fincher <laughs> I think he occup yeah he's the raw- he occupies that space I think between Michael Bay and David Fincher you know what I mean but it's mostly at Michael Bay's end because you know they're the music director video director as well. but because um, something like Terminator Salvation is really its it sucks but it's really well intentioned I think its heart's in the right place but it's so wrong-headed yeah. um, and it's not badly made. I mean it's not very interesting to look at or in terms of its storytelling but it's not bad oh so much brown so much brown canal okay, <laughs> well, well well what you
0: think what were you <laughs> gonna say sorry <clears throat> no 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 please
1: carry on, carry, on, carry on no
0: ethan please wrap up the show i was about to uh right listeners <laughs> i do hope we've covered uh some of the points of this clip and we've gone a little bit of a deep dive into landis and perhaps as a uh, an artiste gets older perhaps in his career or like uh richard so pointed out you lose your kind of uh your tight creative relationships as we do in life when someone kind of goes in your life or comes out of it some people are the drains or uh, or fountains maybe landis lost all his fountains and he was just stuck with uh birken hair who knows but if you like that film mm. i'm not one to judge because i like this film so what do i know so that's it, folks. It is Friday. On Monday, you can expect a completely different team of people with their uh, special guests discussing, I think, fifty-six to sixty-one, uh, just as we hit the hour mark, within Into the night. And as you know, of course, you know what this show is. You're a Minute Fan listener, but maybe your friends don't know about it. Maybe your family don't know about it. Who knows? Go up to your grandmother if she's still around, and if you, maybe you want to finish her off. Make a watch watch into the night. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, if you are a fan of uh, this show, please uh, tell friends and or family or co-workers about uh, not only the minute shows but into the night. As I said in the last episode, there are over 130 uh, minute shows out there covering uh, a wide range of movies. And with that, if you go to IntoTheNightMinute.com, you can find out about the show. And if, of course, you go to iTunes and Google Play and type in Night Minute, uh, you will, of course, find this show. With that being said, we say a fond farewell to our wonderful guest, Richard Jackson, who's carried this show for two episodes like the pack horse that he is with his uh, insight and wisdom so uh thank you again so much for coming on richard you've saved the show once again and because of that i love you perhaps a little more than i should have before we started this endeavor that Ooh. being said if you do like richard richard where can they find you on youtube instagram twitter anywhere
1: Well I can't leave it hanging I love you too Ethan Thank you People think I'm a monster (laughs) I'm not going to adhere anyone to me if I just leave that hanging in Don't look at Um, me We'll sort that out later dear Um, Yeah we Myself and uh, my co-host Duncan Casey have a channel on YouTube called Valverde Broadcasting where we do free form uh, film chats on a specific film every Monday it's an on camera show and we have different guests we've had actors and directors and film academics on and hopefully we're going to get more uh that we try to make that as fun as possible lots of random old bits as well we do podcasts we do uh feature length film commentaries uh and i've done some random mini docs and just kind of editorials and stuff and we're trying to get more of that together so if you go to google or youtube and just search valverde broadcasting you will find us or you can also just uh, look on twitter and it's at valverde tweets you will find us there
0: and there we have it. And if you want to find me, folks, you go to my YouTube channel, it's questionable EMCQ. And weirdly, uh, I've not done a video for about eight months. And loads of, this week, loads of comments and all my videos have popped up in my email going, when are you doing another one? We love your show, what's going on? You haven't done a thing for ages. So I might start getting back into it. So uh, uh, questionable EMCQ. If you want to find me on Instagram, folks, it's EMCQ and the number one. And if you wanna go to Amazon Prime, you can see me in the show Dark Ditties. I'm actually off at the end of this week. In fact, it's Friday, isn't it? Yes. Off tomorrow to shoot for a week with uh, Knight of the British stage, Kenneth Cranham, and uh, who else, Ian Gelder, who's one of the Lannisters from Game of Thrones. So if you're a fan of uh, old English gentlemen and uh, no hope hack actors like me, Uh, There's much to be had in that uh, horror comedy show by the people that brought you the Fright Night documentary. And of course, if you haven't seen or heard of that, uh, do check that out. It's a great documentary based on the film Fright Night. uh, And that is another thing you can check out. So please go to Val Verde Broadcasting on YouTube. Hit that subscribe bell twice so you get a notification. And uh, every Monday you'll have uh, Richard and Duncan in your living room pouring film knowledge all over yourself. If you liked him on this show, you ain't seen nothing yet folks it's been wonderful thank you for having me uh into the night minute it's been wonderful hopefully we'll see each other again f- on a future show and have a lovely weekend and uh we'll see you back on monday but without me with some other interesting uh, people bye
1: do we thank you or what
0: i say i fall in the over what category